changes, That's fantastic. changes everything about your day. If, oh, I believe it. If we don't start where he finished, uh, yeah, we will be. not run well. <laughs> and he finished making us right with yeah. him. Yeah, that's so good. It is good. It it'll it changes everything about your day. All of a sudden, you wake up with hope because I'm good with God. And he has good plans for me today. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Today on The Killing Fire, I have a friend of mine, Wes Stickway, on the show. Thanks for coming into my luxurious studio. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we are actually in my office uh, that uh, slash studio for the Kindling Fire. And uh, you are the honored second guest to come in, into this studio. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I am uh, actually really excited to have this conversation because I really think it's going to help people. Um, so uh, just as a backstory for those that don't know, Wes is my pastor, one of my pastors at my church. And you were, had a sermon recently, and I was like, "Hey, Wes, <laughs> yeah, you know, can we have a conversation?" So why don't we? Why don't you tell them, tell my audience a little bit about who you are, and then we can get into what we're going to talk about. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, my name is Wes, and I'm married to my beautiful wife Leah. We have four children. They are all less than three years apart. So when my fourth child was born, the oldest, which are twins, they were still two, and so we're we're in the weeds all the time. It's oh kind of crazy, but. It's amazing. We love it. And um, I serve at my local church. I'm an elder there and one of the pastors. Yeah. And um, kind of crazy. I told you this, but like t- like a week before you came up and asked me to do this, yeah. I was getting ready for work in the morning and I just had this thought. I was like, you're going to be on Troy's podcast soon. I didn't say anything to you. Then yeah. when you asked me at church, you probably thought I was acting weird because I was like, I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> So, whatever. Yeah, so here we so are. Clay, this is an ordained, preordained <laughs> podcast. I guess so. I guess so. So, uh, but you also, um, so the church is not your full time gig. What else do you do? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in full time sales. Um, I'm yeah. self employed. I do medical equipment sales. Yeah. I don't. I'm not paid at all from the church. Right. So, um, I've I moved here to help start it. That was back in 2015. Okay. And have just been helping. You know, yeah. lead the church since then. So. Yeah. Well, that's well. one of the things that I, I actually told my wife about you that I really enjoyed about you is that you and I, um, if there was a spectrum, we'd probably be on opposite spectrums because I'm like a hyper feeler and I'm all in my wife is not. And so she's always just like, you know, I'll get swept up into things like, woo. And I think one of the, <laughs> it's just how I'm wired. It's right. good to be self-aware. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I think I remember having a conversation with you about like, worship nights and prayer meetings and stuff and how you're you have a fairly clear like you don't get swept up easily emotionally you have kind of a clear mind about scripture and is that an accurate statement yeah i'm i'm um yeah and your strength is oftentimes your weakness at the well, same time that's but yeah same, I'm, same way <laughs> i'm like very kind of black and white on things and and very logical and to me it's it's like well this is what it says so this is what we do so let's go do it yeah. And and I usually don't get 
caught up or swept up in the emotions. And sometimes I wish that there were, was more of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of like, Zzz. yeah. Here we go. Well, that's why we need the body of Christ, right? Exactly. So um, yeah. I, I've known of others that God has used really dramatically, sort of in the prophetic and the feely, oh. and the very straightforward, bare bones, not seeing, not feeling. Yeah. But I know this is true, and we need to exactly. go. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and and God needs both. And exactly. So um, so this actually conversation, I, what I really, I think that the reason why I wanted to approach you about it is because the Killing Fire, one of the things that I've been really trying to do with my audience is like, hey, debunk lies, oh. um, get to the truth, and the truth the truth has exponential results in your life. Like, sometimes we get bogged down with things with Christianity and stuff, and we're like, why isn't this yielding some kind of result? Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like a slog. Uh, whereas there's sometimes you get, God gives you like keys and understanding through scripture, that really unlocks like oh wow like like think of the the uh, movie limitless it's just like you know yeah. it's just like oh this like is a whole new world here um mm-hmm. in the kingdom Absolutely. of god and this is one of those topics yep where, and that's why i was so keen to to have you on so let's just jump right in okay um so one of the things that you shared in in your sermon was talking about debunking a Christ, uh, a lie that christians believe so why don't we just start there yeah, I think um, I've been following Jesus since 2008, and um, I didn't really have this revelation until a little bit more recently, a couple years ago. But what I've seen in the body of Christ is that people think that just because I woke up today and I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to sin. Mm. Like There's just absolutely no way to overcome it. Being a human being means that I'm always going to sin, no matter what. Yeah. Like I'm breathing right now. I'm probably sinning. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'm probably <laughs> sinning. And um, it's just a lie that, that, that we've come to believe in the body of Christ. And I'm pretty passionate about people understanding, like, that's not in your Bible. Mm-hmm. You're a child of God. It's, it doesn't tell you that, that you're a sinner and you're always going to sin. Right. And so I just, I kind of like to, I like to come against that lie and attack it a little bit. All right. So great to back it up with scripture. Oh yeah. So, so let's, let's go to a scripture that uh, you highlighted in your sermon. I thought was really good to highlight because it sort of maybe counters this point. Like, right. aren't we all just sinners? And to say we're not a sinner, we're actually lying that we're not sinners. And, right. and so let's, let's dig into that scripture and then just kind of give us your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one that I used in the sermon, I started with First John. And so um, in First John chapter 1, this is what he says. I'll, I'll read um, just a couple passages here. I'll start in verse 5. He says, This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And then verse 8 is the verse that's kind of controversial. It's actually the verse that people use to say, see, the Bible says, I'm always going to sin. And so this is what it says in verse 8. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So see, it's right there. If we say we don't have sin, we're deceived, and the truth's not in us. Right. But in reality, I don't think that that's what John is saying. I think... What John is saying is if we walk in the light as he's in the light and we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no need of his blood to Mm -hmm. cleanse us from our sin, then we're deceived and the truth is not in us, which is true. I mean, if you think of how many people out there believe, all I have to do is just be a good person. 
I just mm-hmm. have to do more good than bad. I don't need your Jesus. And I think that we're all going to end up in heaven someday if we just live our truth and we just try to do a bunch of good. And John's saying, no, if you don't believe that you need the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from your sin, you are deceived. Yeah. Be- that, so that, that right there is a very revelatory understanding because it's really making a distinction between before Christ and after Christ. Yeah. And in being in deception before Christ and then not necessarily being in deception after Christ. Whereas a lot of Christians will read that scripture and say that I'm, I am deceiving myself if I say I'm not a sinner. Right. Exactly. And okay. in reality, that verse is, is saying, hey... Everybody needs the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. to cleanse them from their sin. Yeah. But even then, I mean, if 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 you you know if someone's listening, and they're like, I'm not really sure that's exactly what it says. If you keep reading, right? Like John even explains this a little bit more. He goes on to say, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we've never sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. And then in verse one of chapter two, John says. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He didn't say when you sin. Right. Like this is the inspired word of God. And it just doesn't make sense that in verse 8, John saying, hey, you're always going to sin. But I'm writing this to you so that you won't. But if you do, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so the logic breaks down. The logic breaks down. And so it, it seems to me that John is saying, look, everybody needs the blood of Jesus to cleanse them from their sin and from unrighteousness. And it seems to me that he's saying that it is possible to live free from sin. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, so yes, this is a controversial topic. <laughs> it is. So, because there's the thing, the thread, I think that the line I want to, kind of draw between his identity as a sinner Mm -hmm. and then action having sinned. Right. Okay. Yep. And so, or identity as a saint, I've heard it eloquently said this way. Are we sinners that occasionally get it right? Or are we saints that occasionally get it wrong? It's a fundamental belief of what are you as a born again Christian? Right. Yes. Right. So, so tell me, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Um, in oh light boy. of that verse in, in Second John, that that uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, I think what is important to understand is kind of what you said. So, um, the way that I would say it is, we're not sinners because we sin. Okay. We sin because we are sinners. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? No. Okay. Listen. <laughs> So some people would say, because I sin, that makes me a sinner. Okay. It's a, uh, okay. Right. But the reality is, because you are born a sinner, yeah. you, you will sin. Okay. And so if you read back into, into Romans, um, it talks a lot about two things. Yeah. Number one is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes. And we need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. Right. Is why he died on the cross. Is he shed his blood so we could be justified with mm. the Father, made yeah. right with the Father, reconciled to him, peace with God. Yeah. It's all Romans 1 through the middle of chapter 5. Right. Well, in the middle of chapter 5, Paul kind of makes a shift, and he no longer talks about the sin that we've done. He starts talking about who we are as sinners. And he talks about in Romans 6, especially how we are slaves to our sin, meaning 
you don't have a choice whether or not you're going to sin. Okay. You are a slave to it. Meaning, okay. meaning you will serve it with your life because it has power over you. P- post-Christ or pre-Christ? Pre-Christ. Pre-Christ, okay. So what did Jesus do? He came, he died on the cross, he shed his blood, and he was crucified. Hmm. What do we do when we take communion? Body and blood. Right. It's a dual covenant. So his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins, and his body was broken and died on a cross and was buried in the tomb and rose so we could be united with him in death, burial, and resurrection, free from sin. Meaning, this is all Romans 6, sin will no longer have dominion over you. Mm -hmm. Meaning you're no longer a slave to your sin. So, okay, so let me me make sure I am our... I'm capturing what you're laying down. Yes. So um, what I believe you are trying to articulate is that the the identity of sinner was literally buried and died with Christ. And you were raised to new life, not now a slave to righteousness. Yeah. Right. Not no longer a slave to sin. Uh, So when it says little children... Mm-hmm. Um, if you sin, uh, the idea and the concept there is that you don't have to, but if you do, you will be forgiven, but you've fundamentally gone from unregenerate sinner to, uh, died, raised with Christ saint who still may have, who may sin, but even in that, there's forgiveness, and it doesn't change your core, the core identity of who you've become in Christ. Exactly. Okay, so John's, so I am tracking that. Oh, okay. exactly. John's not saying. John's not saying you're never going to make a mistake again. Right. You're never going to have I any think more that's challenges. Where people get, that's where people get tripped up. Yeah. They're so, like, I'm never going to sin again. Is that what you're saying? Because exactly. that's not even close to people's experience. Exactly. Okay. Right. And what and what what the whole thing that we need to understand is. The transition that happens when we're united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection in yeah. Christ. If you ever want to do something really fun, read through all of Paul's letters and look for the phrase in Christ. Right. It'll blow your mind how much he talks about what it means to be in Christ. Yeah. And so the difference is that we're, Romans 6, when we're united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The difference is in the battle between the flesh and the spirit, mm. which never goes away. The devil's not going to stop coming after you, trying to deceive, steal, yeah. kill, and destroy, right? right? But in that battle, you have made a change from being a slave to your sin with no power to overcome it. It's, it has dominion over you yeah. to being free from sin and a slave to righteousness. The yeah. body of sin is brought to nothing. So that's the difference. Yeah. I talk to so many Christians, honestly, who struggle with their sin. And it's yeah. like, man, I don't. I just can't seem to overcome this. Right. And then when they kind of hear some of this and they're like, man, I've never seen that in my Bible before. Yeah. It, it just ends up setting them free. And I've just seen so many people literally just not struggle with the same things anymore. Yeah. So I, one of the things you, you highlighted so well in your sermon was talking about what you're conscious of. Yeah. You know, what you're conscious of has an effect. Absolutely. And so let's say you're conscious of a we're presenting here is an unbiblical mindset that the death burial and resurrection of christ has no effect on your sin other than you're forgiven when you do it but you know you're still going to just do it in droves and it will 
it will enslave you. You just happen to have the forgiveness card. Right. But that's about it. There's not like victory or whatever. Right. And so, um, and so a lot of times in that setting, your mindset is sin, 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 sin. Right. I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just this kind of like defeatist mindset right. that usually leads to defeatist fruit in exactly. itself. Exactly. And so you talked about this thing called righteous consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so any let's let's kind of dig into that. And I know we're going to go into Romans here. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. And so um, this is the thing is, is what you're conscious of, it, it will um, have an effect on your life. Hmm. You, the fruit of your life is, is probably going to stem from what you're conscious of. And so yeah. if you think about it, like if, just a real simple example of that. If you are thinking about whether or not ends are going to meet by the end of the month, every month, and whether or not you're going to be able to pay your bills, the mm-hmm. odds are you're going to live a pretty anxious life leading up to the end of the month. Yes. Because you're conscious of You're thinking of it constantly. You're going to live anxious. Yeah. And so if we live... This is the thing. It's like there's so many Christian people that love Jesus, that read this, and they want to please him with their lives. Mm. But what it looks like is they just try not to sin all day. So yeah. they're living all day conscious of, I don't want to sin, I don't want to sin, I don't want to sin. And they're, they're so conscious of all the ways that they might miss it and all the ways that they do miss it and all the ways that they fall short. And because they're conscious of it, they produce it with their lives. Because it's what they think about. And so what the Bible talks about is just the power of living conscious. So let me stop you for a minute. There's a scripture that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Yes. It's in Proverbs. There it is. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So So it's it's important to evaluate, like, what am I living conscious of? Yeah. And what I would propose, what I think that it, it says in Romans, is if we live conscious of our righteousness, which is our identity in him, mm-hmm. then we will produce righteousness with our lives. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. Exactly. Yeah. And so living righteous consciousness is, is extremely important. And, and you can see it um, in Romans 6. Uh, you can see it in Hebrews 10. It, yeah. it actually says that when the perfect sacrifice comes, it's supposed to remove consciousness of sin. You can read that in Romans. It just says it right there in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Okay, cool. What what verse do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it, right here in Hebrews ten, it it says, "For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near." Right? The old sacrificial system wasn't enough to yeah. get it done, so it can't make us. It can't make perfect those who draw near. Right. Verse two. Otherwise, in other words. If it had been, yeah. otherwise, would they not have ceased to have been offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. And then so, it, okay, and so the implication there is in Christ, in Christ, you can have, you cannot be conscious of like, that's not, your, it's like your, your conscience has been cleansed and now it's not a sin conscience like constantly thinking about it. constantly thinking right because now that we've been we're supposed to really understand and grasp that we have been made right with god and cleansed from sin and so what what god wants us to do is live conscious of who we are in him which is made right with god yeah and and as we live conscious of that mindful of that every day 
It's what we will produce with our lives. And so rather than trying real hard to be holy and do right, and odds are failing because we just can't do it by ourselves. You know what I mean? If we live conscious and confident of our new identity in Christ, the result is is the fruit of our life will be holiness. That's what it says in Romans 6. So, so yeah, let's go into Romans 6, but I want to give a real practical example. So so of late uh, this year, like God's really um, honed in on the sin of lying. I've had a a long history of being a bit of a liar. Mm -hmm. Um, There's reasons for it. There's dysfunctional for it. There's a lot of sort of dysfunctional patterns that I've learned as a human being and and et cetera. And God's really honed in on that. Yeah. And so I've been repentive. I've been more honest in every situation I can be in. And then even then I might lie. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to recognize it. And then I'm quick to come clean. But, but in that scenario, Satan is right there. Yeah. And what he says to me, when I slip up is that's who you really are. That's what he always tries to do. And it's and, and he really tries to attach my identity to the sin that I've struggled with. Right. And I fight against that and say, no, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I tell the truth in Christ. This I have a new nature. That is not what I want. That's yep. not who I am. And I'm not going to fall prey to identifying with something that I just did in sin because I'm completely forgiven. I love the truth. I love God. And I completely war against it scripturally. And it's all identity. It is all identity. Yeah. That's, that's, that is the, I think, you know, I think that the, one of the main things that the devil tries to do to accomplish his mission for your life or for anyone's life, he try he takes what we do. Yeah. And he wants to move it one step further to get us to say, I am a liar. Yes. I am a victim. I am an addict. He, he wants us to identify ourselves based on what we've done. But God wants to identify us based on what Jesus has done, yeah, which has no made way. us right with God. Yeah. So I heard, I heard a guy say one time, he said, if, if we don't start where he finished, we'll never run well. That's and where he finished is making you right with God. No, say that again. That's really good. <laughs> if, if we, I didn't say it. I heard it. If we don't start where he finished, we'll never run well. Oh, and so where cool. he finished, he said it is finished on the cross. Where did he finish? He finished with making you right with God. Yeah. So we have to start there if we want to run this race well. Yeah, man, that is so good. It is so good. I wish I could come up with stuff. No, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's dig into Romans 6 because there's a lot of meat in Romans 6. Yeah, uh, around this topic, there is, um, you know, Romans six. Just a quick, you know, it's hard to even just start in like Romans six one because it's all this one big thought. But um, really, Paul's really starting to address uh, the sin nature, mm-hmm. like the reality that we we are slaves to sin. But Jesus made a way to an abundant life where you don't have to struggle with this stuff all the time, right? Yeah, amen. And so he talks about how. Um, those of us that have been united with Jesus in a death, burial, and resurrection like his will certainly be united in a resurrection like his. Like, yeah. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Yeah. For one who's died has been set free from sin. And, uh, and then he goes on and says, So also you have to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. 
So consider yourself. It means, it means to make a careful calculation about who you are and then think about yourself in that way. It means yeah. to dwell on this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, to use uh, you know, modern terminology, it's a new narrative. It is a new narrative. Absolutely. I mean, one thing that I think is absolutely amazing is that Jesus understood that he could not fix us. He doesn't fix us. He gives us a brand new life. He, he, the, the old is buried and the new comes. So he doesn't fix the old. He says you have to be born again. You mm-hmm. need new life. And the promise of the gospel is new life. Yeah, so I think the thing that people miss, and that's a great point, the thing that people miss is that Jesus is an addendum to your life. It's a, like a forgiveness card for your life so, uh-huh. or like a... I don't know, it's like a, an addendum. Whereas what you're saying is, no, he takes your life and you're gone. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're dead. You're mm-hmm. over. Every authority in Satan's kingdom that he had over you or all your generational sins of your family yep. and everything else is 100% completely dead. Right. In Christ. Yep. And also... There's a new man or new woman that's that's resurrected with Christ yes. who is free from those things. And the thing that I think pe- trips people up is, oh, therefore, if that's true, when I become a born-again Christian, I am completely regenerated in my soul, in my emotions, and in my thoughts. But the reality of it is, is you are completely regenerative. Now the sanctification process is going to come on you and you're going to yield to this new person. And right. that's where this struggle can be. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it, because that's what we have to constantly do. We have to pick up our cross every day Yeah. and die to ourselves and follow him. And we are transformed by renewing our mind. Yeah, so it's like it's that's a mind renewals needed. It's like, yes. what does a new person live like? What does a new person think like? How does a new person right. that's been resurrected with Christ? What are those emotions? What right. What are their ties to their past? Yep, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And you still are always going to have a flesh. Yes, that is always going to be warring against your spirit. But if you live according to the flesh, you will not gratify. The desire, according to the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. That's Galatians chapter five. So it's like a doorway it, of yieldedness. That's what that scripture says to me is that if you will, that flesh, that's not, that's still going to have a voice. I want, I, this, mm-hmm. this is true. It's like a deceptive voice. Yep. If you don't yield that to your spirit, which has been completely ge- regenerated and made to be like Christ yep. and you, you yield it, then that flesh is going to, you know, right. cause trouble. Exactly. Romans 8. If you live according to the flesh, it leads to death. If you live yeah. according to the spirit, life and peace. The battle never goes away. You just now have dominion over it instead of it having dominion over you. Yeah. Okay. And, That's really and so, good. And the important part is is what we're talking about right now. We're talking about sanctification, right? Yeah. We're talking about having more of this mind of Christ. And this is what Paul says in Romans. Um, in verse 18, he says, you, having been set free from sin, have now become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, mm-hmm. leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification or holiness and its end, eternal life. Mm. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what's that saying? It's saying that as we live righteous, conscious, yeah. as we present ourselves to God and our lives to God the way that he sees us, which mm. is right with him, mm-hmm. as we do that, the natural result of living from that place will be holiness. It will be sanctification. Why? Because the more conscious I am of my right standing with him, anytime my life produces something that doesn't line up with that, it's going to be like a big stain. Like, oh my gosh, that is just not who I am. Why did I do that? Like what you were talking about with the lion. You do it and you're immediately like, that's not who I am. Why did I do that? So the more that we live conscious of who we are in him, Mm. the more anytime our life does not line up to that, what we're going to do is say, no, that's not who I am. And it leads to immediate repentance. And so Mm. it's naturally we become more holy, not because we're trying harder, but because we know who we are in him. Yeah. So this, this point is actually, this probably sealed the deal for me and to have you on the show, this specific point, because... What you're talking about is because people understand, like, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this. Mm-hmm. Here's the fruit of that. Here's the fruit of that. And never seem to, quote, arrive. Or I never seem to get keep getting better. Mm-hmm. And the idea of having a renewed mind and what your renewed mind might think about leading to actual uh, life difference. Right. Less sin. You know, overcoming things that used to be besetting to you. Yep. Living victoriously, right? Um, having a clear conscience before God and men, mm-hmm. like great fruits of a good life with God, right? Uh, but not pervasive in the Christian community, you know. Yeah. You know, like the ton of people live in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, I think uh, if you don't mind reading that scripture again, that really ties the your conscious, your righteous consciousness to improved, increased holiness. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind. Oh no, yeah. It, so it says. Um, In verse 19, Romans chapter 6, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Mm -hmm. And then verse 22, Now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Yeah, and that's so not only life to come, you know, heaven and all this right. other stuff, but so a member of your body, I just want to insert your mind. Mm-hmm. Your mind is a exactly. member of your body. Exactly. Right? And so if you can present your mind to, so, I mean, we have, we have, as Christians, we have the ability to be like, I don't think whatever I want. You and know, you do. Any, <laughs> as any human, right? And think whatever I want. And where this is saying, yeah, you can. But some of that's going to lead to lawlessness mm-hmm. or unrighteousness. Fruit that you're ashamed of. A fruit that you're ashamed of. Exactly. You can, quote, do whatever you want, or you can take your mind, be, make it submissive. It is, think of the scripture that says, take every thought captive exactly. and bring it into obedience to Christ. That's what this is. So a lot of times we interpret that scripture as being, oh, the super sinful thing. Mm-hmm. I need to take captive and bring it obedience to Christ. What about the super deceptive false identity thing that we just 
we'll just swallow that hook, line, and sinker, mm-hmm. and then wonder why our, our life is producing not good fruit. Right. Because our, our self-identity, how we view ourselves in God, is completely off. Right. Yeah. The more people that I sit down with one-on-one and, yeah. and talk about life and talk about like following Jesus, what I've come to learn is that um, people really identify themselves a lot of times based on what's been done to them. Okay. A lot of times. And, and what's been done to them, they adopt this, um, like, I am I, I am a victim or I have no power over this. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that they have done, and they just accept, this is what I've done. This is who I am. And what it does is it, it for some reason, like in, in our minds, because of these things that happen to us or because of the challenging parts of our lives, we give ourselves permission to live in a way that we know is not everything that we've been called to. Yeah. And so talking with people and just helping them see that just because this happened to you, this does not mean it's who you are Hmm. because this is who he says that you are. He says that you are right with him. He says that there is, he has made a way for that old life that experienced all that trauma, all that pain, all that sin, that can be buried so that you can walk in newness of life right there in verse four, so that you can walk no longer enslaved to sin, verse six, no longer slave to sin, verse seven. I mean, we've died with Christ. And, and he wants to give us a new life. Yeah, so one, so I've had like therapists on the show and I've had a lot of different people on the show. And, and one of the things I want to make sure is, you know, as an older Christian, I just kind of want to make this point. Don't be deceived that even in your new identity, sanctification is, a, is like a free card. Oh, yeah. Sanctification absolutely. is a lot of times suffering. It is a lot of times looking hard at the truth that you've never wanted to really look at or admit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there is, you are 100% free in Christ, but to retrain your mind and mm-hmm. your emotions and your soul right. is going to take the hard work of yielding, submitting, surrendering to the truth right. that sometimes we just don't want to talk about or don't right. want to face. So, so I don't want to have people kind of naively say, yeah, I'm new in Christ. As if none of the stuff previous to Christ had any effect on them, because right. it does. And I've lived long enough to to see that the fruit of people being almost ignorant or naive in that space, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, I went up for prayer, everything's fine. Right. There, there's there's probably some work to be done. Absolutely there is. Yeah. And, and it is. You're right. It is hard work. Yeah. It's it's very hard work. And this is what I've learned. I think this is something that has helped me a lot. You, you opened this thing up talking about me being kind of like... This is what it's you know. This is what it says. This is what I do. Yeah. What I what I've learned to do a long time ago um, was I will never let my experience speak louder than truth. Oh come on. And so when when my life mm-hmm. does not line up to what this says about who I am. Yeah. I'm still going to choose to believe that this is true about who I am more than what my life just showed me. Yeah. And that's in ev- that's in every area of yeah following Christ. Yeah, and that's faith. That's called faith. And we live <laughs> by faith, not yeah. by sight. Yeah. And so when my life does cuz look, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I mess right. up, right? Yeah. When I mess up, I choose to stand on this. And so in the middle of my sin, yeah. what it looks like to live 
righteous conscious is to say, Father, I thank you so much that you don't define me by what I just did. Yeah. When you look at me, you still see the righteousness of your son. Yeah. His blood still covers me and you still forgive me. And this is all, by the way, is repentance. Yeah. We think that repentance has to say, I repent. No, my heart's turning to God in the middle of my sin. Yeah. And I just speak over myself, God, this is not who I am. That old man was buried with Christ and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you are making me new and you're making me whole. You're conforming me to look more and more like Jesus. I'm yielding to you and submitting to you. Like potter me and mold me, shape me into what you want me to be because my life is yours because you paid a high price for me. That's what it looks like yeah. to pray in the, and be righteous conscious right. in the middle of your failure and your yeah. sin. And it's like the most powerful thing that in the moment where the devil has like the, the best opportunity to get you to go down like yeah. in flames, you just propel yourself into intimacy with God and stand firm on this and live on, by and, faith. And on his acceptance and love for it's you. It's so moment. powerful. It's not a permission to sin. I'm not giving anybody permission. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just, it's, it's living according to this. And look, he's never going to change his mind about who you are as long as you continue in the faith. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, that's just how I've learned to live and it's yeah, powerful. It's good. Yeah. I was going to, so I was going to ask you to get practical, but it sounds like you did, but just short up again for us, like in the morning, in the evening, yeah. like how would you pray to kind of improve your righteous consciousness, that, right. you know, based on the Bible? That's what I do. I have a whole list of scriptures that like at this point have just become almost memorized. Like I could, yeah. I could probably not even like cite a lot of them to you, but like when I wake up almost every single day, I start my day with God, thank you that today when you look at me, I'm right in your sight. Hmm. I'm not striving for your acceptance today. I'm not performing to be okay with you today. I'm starting my day right in your sight and you have a plan for me today. And so I'm yielding myself to your plan to be molded and shaped and chiseled to look more like your son. Hmm. So Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me today. I'm yours and you're mine. Let's go. Yeah. I just I just start by making myself aware of I'm accepted by my father in heaven today in the middle of my sin. I, I, I do the same thing. And before I go to bed, I do the same thing yeah. because he's never changing his mind about us. And what it, what it does this, like you mentioned, it's so important. Um, the, the battle is in your head for yeah. your life. It's, it's in everybody's head. It's true. And what I've heard so many people say, you know, I've talked to them about this. I've talked to them about, hey, you have to take an inventory of your thoughts. You take every thought captive. You bring it into submission by quoting scripture, like believing scripture. And people are like, I tried that. It didn't work. I'm like, well, it's not. You don't try it and it works or it doesn't work. It's the way that you live your life. And I know that it's exhausting. I know that it's hard. I know that we have certain things like certain ways that we've been wired or experiences that lead to to certain things in our lives i get that it's hard but if we'll be consistent and persistent in reminding ourselves about who we are Mm. which is just scripture like yeah absolutely over time as we do that 
we will begin to believe this. Yeah. And any time our life doesn't line up, fruit of sanctification. it will produce the fruit of sanctification without us trying harder to be good. Yeah, what's so funny is that when you're sharing this, like I immediately have gone back to many mornings where I've woken up going, I wonder what I, you know, what sin I did. Like, yeah. it's like immediately I'm sin conscious and like, yep. yeah, I'm gonna pray today. But the first thing but you don't feel the, like you can pray. That the yeah. first order of business is like, okay, God, like, let's. What did I do? You know what? It's like first order of business. Whereas mm-hmm. you're like first order of business. I'm righteous in Christ. Yeah, I'm righteous in Christ. Not that you're not gonna have a time to for God to show you something. Oh yeah. But your starting point is your righteous in Christ. Your yeah. starting point isn't. Oh gosh, what sin have I? You know, exactly. that's what your starting point is a different starting point. Like it's a different every day. starting point, and it changes, that's fantastic. changes everything about your day. If, oh, I believe it. If we don't start where he finished, oh uh, yeah, that's we good. will not run well. <laughs> and he finished making us right with yeah. him. Yeah, that's so good. It is good. It it'll it changes everything about your day. All of a sudden, you wake up with hope because I'm good with God, and He has good plans for me today. And it doesn't like. Yeah, man, like the chisel, he doesn't miss the chisel and it hurts sometimes. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Like I'm right with him. That's that's where I start and that's where I live. I try to live conscious yeah. of every day. Changes everything. Well, Wes, I am so glad you got to come on and share yeah. more of your heart. If you if this is a topic that's kind of spurred you on, there are two sermons on YouTube. I'll put the links in the show notes. I want you to go watch them. Uh, really good. You dig even to more scripture and, and that we've already covered. But man, Wes, it's been it's been a real treatment. Thanks yeah, so much. thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there. And that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time. Be awesome.